basically BT Passive was born out of the idea that we needed to lift the performance of the complete build system. So we were looking for a system that could deliver the most advanced in terms of energy efficiency, so Passive House, but also look at developing the whole system. So how can we look holistically and ensure that we're lifting the performance of every element? This is Homestyle Green, episode 144, and it's the first episode of 2016. So, Happy New Year. I hope everyone had a good holiday. I've had a couple of weeks off, hence a bit of radio science the last couple of weeks, and I apologise for not getting these interviews out. Now, this interview today with Isabel Beatty is one that I've been excited to publish for a while, and this is a fantastic system. I won't talk about it too much now. I'll let Isabel explain what it is. But I'm excited about the opportunity of bringing something like this to the Southern Hemisphere. And I'm not sure if that's happened yet, but you know, it could be a good opportunity for someone out there. So I started out by asking Isabel why she does what she does. Basically, BT Passive was born out of the idea that we needed to lift the performance of the complete build system. So we were looking for a system that could deliver the most advanced in terms of energy efficiency, so Passive House but also look at developing the whole system. So how can we look holistically and ensure that we're lifting the performance of every element? So Ron Beattie, who is the innovator of Beattie Passive, designed a system that was very simple and delivered Passive House a standard, basically. So it has high levels of airtightness, thermability, um, and basically no cold bridges. But yep. also it's very, sorry. No, carry on. It was also very important for us that in the UK, there's, and probably actually around the world, there's considered to be um, a large performance gap between what's designed by the architect and what's actually delivered by the contractor. Mm. We were really keen to look at how can we actually remove that performance gap and how can we ensure that every single build is delivered and designed. So what we do is we provide the design technology for um, systems. So an architect uh, brings their design or the client brings their design and we put it into our 3D model. And when the construction is, is built to structural completion, we actually then test um, and certify every single building. So where some contractors sort of test every you know, one in 10, we actually make sure we test every single one. So we're testing for sort of air tightness, air thermability, sound, to ensure that it has been built as was originally designed um, either by the architect, the engineers or through PHPP. So that was sort of in terms of the, I guess, the passive house and also in terms of quality. But yeah. Ron was also very keen. Um, he has a lot of experience um, in the industry as starting out as a carpenter um, all the way through the trades and was very keen that we looked holistically at every single element. So we're looking at things like, you know, fire. Do we have to just reach building regs on fire? But actually, no. Can we actually double the length of time that it takes for a fire to get through the wall? So instead of a, a one hour barrier, we have a two hour barrier. Um, and things like with sound, you know, the building regs is 46, uh, 45 dB, but we're actually looking to achieve you know, 57 dB on every single one of our builds. Um, so you can't hear your neighbour, you can't hear um, the busy road outside, etc. Um, and so that was really important. It was about, you know, how can we lift every single element of the build? Another issue we were considering when we were developing the system was actually about skills. So particularly in the UK, but I'm sure around the world as well, there's a great skills shortage um, in the construction industry as you know, many people are leaving the industry, but we're not getting that injection of young talent coming in. 
So we needed to design a system that was very simple to build and that didn't require you know, years of experience or heavy amounts of training in order to actually build the system. Um, and we're very passionate about developing skills in the industry and getting people back to work. So we're working with sort of unemployed um, people, we're working with skills development centres, with colleges to actually upskill young people and people who have been out of work for a number of years to actually build their skills to be able to build something and actually feel that they're you know, gaining those skills to um, for, for work in the future. And I think just, just to add another point on why we're doing what we do, it's also about you know how can we make sure we're building homes for the future. So I think in a lot of cases at the moment, you know, we, we're building for today, but we're not building for 50 years time. We're not building for, you know, for that house to still be there in 100 years time. So we, with every single one of our buildings, we have the sort of external structure, but there's no internal walls. So you can design the house however you want. Um, and also it's very easy to adapt. So, you know, in five years time, if you want to add an extension, that's fine. You just actually, you know, cut a hole and build out and you know, inject the insulation again. And it makes no difference as long as you um, apply it correctly. So it's about how can we have that flexibility in our building? So basically, in summary, we're looking at all of the elements, you know, from how do we have an energy efficient house? How do we make sure we have the, the passive house comfort um, and health benefits with, you know, MVHR, um, better air quality? But also, how do we ensure we have a home which is right for the future, is going to protect you from fire, is going to protect you from radon, which is you know, a huge issue, especially in the US? Yeah. Um, it's, yeah. And also looking at flood, how can we make sure a house that is ready to be flooded if it happens? You know, a lot of the UK is on is in sort of flood areas, but we want to make sure every house is ready for that, basically. Wow, it, uh, that's you, I think you've uh, done that spiel before. <laughs> <laughs> that's quite impressive. I mean, that's very impressive. Uh, just you covered a lot of stuff there. Let's um, go back a little bit and describe what the the BT passive system is because it is a system. Is it? it's not just a, yes, a philosophy yeah. of construction. You you yeah. mentioned a few things there: no internal walls, uh, blown in insulation, and a complete envelope for people that ha I'll put some links up to the website, and you've got some great images on the website and your YouTube channel, so people can check that out. But for people who are just listening. Can you describe uh, what the system looks like? Yeah, of course. So the BT Passive system um, is a painted system. We're painted in about 55 countries globally. And it basically is a continuous void around any building. So at the moment, what happens when we build is we often build where you, know, you have uh, walls that meet um, floors, that meet roofs, where they mm -hmm. have uh, joints, where you get cold bridges. But what we do is we have a continuously insulated void. So almost... Um, like I guess um, uh, almost like a, a gap running around the whole of the build yep. so the way we think about it is that if you have a cup that you've got water in um, that cup does have no, you know has no gaps in it there's no leakages um, it holds that energy and if you'd put some holes in that cup then the water would flow out and so we're designed the house that would actually hold the energy in it so if you have an insulated thermal cup the energy is not escaping out without any holes where once you put some holes in it escapes so the idea of the build system is that it has a continuous insulated void around the building um, and that can be either go into the roof trusses or it can just go um, around the ceilings either a square box or with a roof on um, which gives you either a warm or cold roof, depending on what you're looking for. Mm -hmm. And that void 
is injected with ecobead, um, which basically fills all the gaps up and ensures that there's a continuously insulated space around the building. And you do retrofit. So how do you fit that void around an existing house all the way around? So you can do the floor, but it's a lot more complicated. And actually, because yeah. we want residents to stay in their homes and actually, you know, rather than having to get everyone to move out, um, we don't do the ground floor. Right. Um, basically, what we do is we go, uh, we dig down to the foundations and we take the the void right up from the foundations, up the walls, across the roof and down again. So we go, uh, you know, a distance below the ground, um, but we don't go right across the bottom because... You, I mean, it is possible, but it is obviously a lot more disruptive for the residents who are in, in their homes. Um, and we can chill, still achieve high levels of thermability and new values without going along the floor as well. And when you, when you do that, does the cladding, the original cladding stay on or do you pull that off? Yeah, no, the, the original house stays underneath. So basically the process we take is we first um, do tests on the structure of the building to understand whether there's any weaknesses or things that we need to take into consideration. And then we basically hang the... The new structure over the top of it so they the, literally the old building stays in in place and the the new structure goes over the top which means that actually if you you can have any future design of house so if yeah. you want a different facade you can do if you want to make it ultra modern or traditional that's fine um and also we've got a, another product called the which piggybacks basically so if you take a an existing property and you can actually just put another floor on top so if you've got a a two-story house and you want an extra floor with the tea cozy system you can piggyback an extra floor as well wow that's pretty impressive um yes it sounds like there's not a lot uh that the the bd system can't do and you mentioned 55 countries are you active in uh probably not active in, i'm guessing in all of those yet where, where are you um, working at so the moment? So predominantly we are based um, in the UK. So that's been the last couple of years as the company's been growing. It's been growing in the UK. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're starting to have projects um, in in France, um, in Ireland, um, and we're in discussions with different parts of the world. But the majority of the, pro- the live projects at the moment are in the UK. Who's your typical customer? So it varies. Um, we work with... A lot of social housing providers who are looking to deliver a better quality house for their tenants. Um, we're also working with large developers and also have a lot of self-build builders. So we have probably about eight to ten self-builders at the moment who have recently come on our training academy. So we hold a training academy in our offices in Hethel in Norfolk. And basically the, the self-builder comes on for a week or two, learns how to build the beach passive system and then goes and builds their own homes. Um, so actually, our client base is very mixed. It takes um, quite broadly across from you know, social housing, government, uh, through to large developers, self and custom builders. And then also we're looking at, because it is literally a box, it can be anything. So offices, schools, hospitals, care homes, etc. So in your original description, my immediate thought is it does so much that it must be expensive. Yet one of the clients that you mentioned first up is uh housing foundations yeah. that suggest that it's an affordable solution as well how does the cost uh what are the cost implications relative to a standard build so the cost implications are very similar um it's about about the same as a so in terms of social housing it's about the same price um 
on our website, actually, for those who are interested, we have a complete breakdown of all the costings of one of our sites in Bradwell um, in Norfolk. And that lists actually every single element of the build and how much it cost. Um, and it was around the sort of 850 per metre mark um, for build, which is very comparable to a lot of building methods in the UK. So that's £850 per square metre square meter, uh, for a new build? And you've you've got some case studies that go into quite a lot of detail of, on the retrofit option as well, haven't you, that, that break down some of the costs there? Yeah, well, the retrofit programs are current. So we have uh, one project, which was our test project, which has been completed, and we're now working um, on a number of projects across the UK. Um, the retrofit is an, a newer system of ours. Um, so we have about, we were currently starting a block of six flats. Um, we have houses um, and a number of houses we're doing as well. Um, so the information on there is growing every day. Yeah. Yeah, that's super exciting stuff because um, I imagine similar to here in New Zealand where we've got a huge number of the problems that exist in housing already exist by virtue of them being there already. So exactly. it's that it's that existing housing. So it's all well and good to build a a great performing house from scratch, but we've got this um, legacy of really bad houses and it people are kind of scratching around thinking about deep retrofits and I can do the loft and I can do the underfloor, but then you get to the walls and what am I going to do there? Whereas basically you're doing the ultimate deep retrofit really, aren't you? Because you're just wrapping the whole thing up. We are. And I mean, in the UK, there's we're seeing a lot of issues with sort of EWI and what the impact does that being because unless it's done properly you're often you know having greater issues with um air quality issues because obviously in, most people are insulating the houses but not adding in mechanical ventilation so we are looking at that complete retrofit where you're you're obviously you're highly insulating the house transforming the look and feel making it zero carbon but also ensuring you know very importantly that a mechanical ventilation system is installed so that when you're making that house more airtight you're still letting the airflow come through. You're not having issues with radon that is, you know, infiltrating into the house. You're not having um, other problems that are caused, you know, mould, etc., by houses being more airtight and damp. Now, speaking of making buildings airtight, uh, I just want to do a quick shout out to one of our great sponsors, ProClimber. And I spoke to Dennis Dowling last year about why he uses ProClimber to make his buildings airtight. There are, there are several different products on the market, and I suppose ProClima um, benefits from brand leadership. Mm -hmm. um, also, they have um, quite a good R&D process. And I suppose fundamentally, I'm fairly risk adverse. So while I'm very open to trying new things and looking at things differently and trying to create a new way of, of getting from A to B, um, I don't necessarily like doing that on untested or untried products. Yeah. And... ProClima has, you know, a very long time of being in the market. So while it's relatively new to the New Zealand market, it's been in the market for a long time and it's in a lot of very large markets and it does very well. And it and as a result of that, it has a system that goes with it. It has a process to follow. It's that you can see videos on how it works. People have an understanding of it. It's a relatable um, product to those in the industry who are building in this space. Um, so as a result, um, it's very easy to get any information that you want on it. And further to that, when you come across something, because New Zealand loves to build bespoke architecture, when you come to something that's a little bit different or unique, oftentimes, if there isn't a direct um, comparison that's been done before, 
there is at least the knowledge resource bank to get that information to you um, that addresses your specific concern. So be sure to check out proclimate.co.nz or proclimate.com for all the products and all the right information about making your building airtight. All right, now let's get back to the interview with Isabel Beatty. And is mechanical ventilation and heat recovery uh, the solution because you are wrapping, as I was going to ask you about condensation, because you, you're wrapping the whole building up and, and often when you're adding insulation to a a previous envelope that wasn't designed to have that much insulation in it. You've got a, a temperature gradient where there wasn't necessarily one before and you've probably got less ventilation within that cavity now because you're closing it up. So is mechanical ventilation often have to accompany uh, that tea cosy system? We can't do it without. I mean, right. we've seen a lot of examples in the UK where they've done it without it and it's, you know, they're. I mean, I mean, recently I went to a conference where somebody said that they were actually killing people because putting EWI or other external insulation on without having ventilation is you're just closing the gaps up and making it really bad. So actually, I think it's fundamental without mechanical ventilation that you can't really do it. It's not, you're not going to give the health benefits and the comfort to the tenant that is needed. Is there a... Um an objection to that are people concerned about having to rely on mechanical ventilation if they're not used to that um i think i mean we've had you know as always you have um challenges with the residents who want to you know have concerns about it or want to manage it themselves and actually the mechanical ventilation systems you know are so quiet now you don't hear them they're actually very good for your health and i think when people just leave them to do what they what they're supposed to do, then it's fantastic. Um, when you get involved and try and sort of press the buttons and you know change how they're working, that's when problems can occur. But actually, most of the, you know the people we're working with are very happy to have ventilation. They're saying you know their air quality is so much fresher. You know it's even like when you're cooking and you might be cooking out a bacon or something and you've got smells in the kitchen. Those are removed, so you haven't got that stale air sort mm. of sitting around. So actually, no, we're not having um, any issues, and I think. You know, people are sometimes concerned about the more expensive option of deep retrofit. But actually, you know, we're looking long term. I don't think we can't keep having these sort of gradual changes over time. We need to take more dramatic steps um, to achieve um, you know, what we're looking to achieve in the long term rather than actually saying, OK, well, we're going to you know, stick a bit of roof insulation in this week and then a couple of months time we'll do this. We're actually, I think, taking that bigger step is important. Now we got a bit technical there. Uh, EWI for those that aren't familiar with that. What's the, uh, what's the EWI? So, sorry, external wall insulation. So it's um, basically when you're putting um, insulation layer onto the external wall of the house and then re-rendering over it. Um, so it's a it's a similar it's, I think it's a similar idea. You can insulate an external house in any way you want to. Um, the issue mainly there is the fact that it's not always applied properly. Yep. So people I don't know we've seen you must have seen loads of examples everywhere where you people apply external insulation but they don't go right down to the floor they don't meet the windows they cut around a gas box outside so you're getting those cold bridges still coming through so even though they're insulating the wall they're not doing it actually properly to make any difference really yeah now in terms of your insulation i, I just want to come back to the system because I, I i'm just conscious that people are maybe struggling to visualize the the box um and You've, there's a great quote by one of the uh, example, one of the, um, I guess, uh, test cases that you've done and put a video up. And he basically he said that it's basically really simple. He did the training and learned how to do it. And it's just like cutting a piece of wood to the right length. Yeah. Um, so it, it's, am I right in thinking that the basic component of the system is a, a, a truss that's about a foot deep? 
and it's a whole series of those put together? Yeah, so basically it's some two by four and some pieces of ply um, and they can be any length you want them to be um, and they're usually yeah, about a foot deep and you basically cut them to the length. So what happens in the process is um, our designer um, does a 3D model and that's then blown up basically into a cutting list. So it's almost like a Meccano kit where mm -hmm. you'll get a cutting list of saying, you know, we need X number of this length, this, you know, X number of X length, et cetera. And then you will actually make those up. So it will tell you how many you need. Um, and literally it is literally, you know, some some three by four and some or two by four, sorry, and some piece of supply, knock them together. And then they just join up together like a Meccano kit and they're all numbered. So A meets A, B meets B, et cetera. Nice. Um, and you have a map of how to build it. And then the insulation that you mentioned that you put inside, it's, it's, is it polystyrene beads? Yeah, so eco beads, it's um, very small little beads that like, pumped into um, the void. And basically they're, you know, they're, they're very fluid. They just flow through the whole building. Um, and they also, um, they let moisture fall through them. So if there's ever a, a point where um, you get a leak in the house or someone floods the bathroom or something and water escapes into the void, it doesn't matter. They don't slump. They don't actually, you know, nothing happens to them. It just lets the moisture sort of fall through and then it escapes at the bottom of the house. So you don't get issues where, you know, some systems have insulation that if it gets wet, it actually loses um, its qualities. So some people are, are concerned about using polystyrene and um, petrochemical-based products. What do you say? When do you have any objections to, to people using polystyrene? Um, we very rarely do. Um, I think you know the due to the high, it's very very minuscule amounts of um, any chemicals in them. And I think actually in terms of that, you have such high performance um, in terms of the home. And actually, they, you know, they're within. A quite thick void so they're not even you know actually penetrating through to the home uh, and we haven't had any issues uh, with you know any concerns by the residents who are living in our homes um, or by anybody else regarding them and fire you mentioned that uh, it actually exceeds the requirements how does that work with a, a product like that in the walls so that's, I mean, it just it has no impact. Um, so basically what happens, we have um, a Versaline panel that goes um, on the external of the, the wooden panel, or mm -hmm. either go basically both sides of the panels. Um, and that panel is fire resistant. Yeah. Um, and that's where it gets the sort of, it gives it racking strength, but it also gives it fire resistance. Um, so the fire takes a long time to penetrate through. Um, we did have... An incident a couple of years ago where one of our big self builds got struck by lightning. Right. Um, about forty seven thousand volts being struck through the building. Wow! But amazingly, um, we actually the fire brigade said it was the most fantastic example of a timber frame building because when the lightning struck, it actually went through um, the the eco bead and actually it just combusted, but took all the energy out of the the lightning strike. So actually, nothing caught on fire. Is that so, right? Yeah, it was absolutely amazing. I mean, horrible for the residents, but amazing, you know, sort of for the test of how it worked. I mean, it was a real life test and it yeah. literally caused the actual fire brigade caused more damage than the 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 actual lightning bolt did cause. Yeah. Um the other issue the really interesting point that you picked up um I want to pick up on is no internal walls. And this is a fantastic concept where you you're building a shell that's big enough to be completely versatile in the middle. What's your maximum span? It tells you I don't actually know that question. What <laughs> maximum span is? <laughs> um, I can find out and I'll tell you. So but you it's it it's 
big. It's within the realm of a normal residential yeah, space. Yeah, it's big. It is a large space. And what we basically do is the if it gets over a certain size, then yes, we do need to put um, holding walls in place. Um, but the idea is that um, over sort of you know, between floors, obviously we've got you know floor, ceiling joists, um, but actually on each level you can just move the rooms around. So you know there's never any issue about you know if you want to move your kitchen from the front to the yeah. back or you want to move your bedroom. So what we have is we have a service void running around the whole space um, of the house, and that means that you can get to your services um, wherever they are. So rather than only having you know, your plumbing in one space, you can actually bring your plumbing plumbing around to another location if you want to move it. Um, and it also means in years to come, if you want to change you know, the, the structure of the building, you know where the services are located, et cetera. It's, it's brilliant because that's uh, coming back to the big issue right now, which is affordability. One of the problems with a lot of our housing is that it's it's rigid in terms of its use. And you by by not having those load-bearing internal walls, you've just got such a more versatile building and make it more easily adaptable to different uses and different family sizes and structures it's a it's just a brilliant concept so um i i am excited to see more and more people uh pick that up yeah i think it is i think it's you know it's about the point about how we need to design for the future and not today because people never know how they want to live in their yeah. homes in the yeah. future um so it does make a difference when people are you know thinking you know am i going to want to add a granny annex am i going to want to add an extra floor am i going to you know want to add a concert or whatever else you've got this you've got the flexibility to be able to do that yeah and and that concept of of moving the services out of the cavities as well and keeping the integrity of the cavities for their really important job of the thermal envelope and then all your your wiring and your pipes can be somewhere else so it's not impacting on that it, it's it just exactly. again, it makes a lot of sense well because obviously we don't want people to puncture so the basic the service void goes on the outside of the the insulated void so you make sure people aren't sort of puncturing through yeah. into the insulation yeah hey uh there's a few beaties in uh bd passive indeed is a fam family yeah. affair Yes, so both um, Ron and Rosemary, my parents, um, started the company um, about seven years ago. Um, they both had sort of extensive experience in the construction industry. Um, as I mentioned, Ron was a carpenter by trade and has developed um, from property development all the way through of all the, the trades um, to actually develop the system. And I joined recently, actually, um, about eight months ago um, from a background in strategy consulting at Accenture. Um, but thought it was an exciting moment and time to actually join the family company. What, apart from the fact that you, you know, must love hanging around with your mum and dad, what 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 was the main thing that attracted you? I think, I mean, obviously I'd grown up with um, BT Passive being a part of my life anyway. Um, <laughs> yeah. It was always, you know, a, a discussion over the kitchen table, et cetera. Um, but I think we got to that stage where the industry is very much moving towards wanting a better quality house um, and passive house being the sort of pinnacle of that. Um, and I sort of found that it was it was a very exciting time. The company is expanding. We are launching new products. Um, and actually, I felt that from my skills in strategy consulting, that it was a good time to be able to um, support with that development um, with the experience I'd gained. And yeah. They need some strategy. <laughs> what was those what were those first seven years like for for ron um i mean obviously 
there's always going to be challenges when you're inventing a new product which is um, highly advanced than the rest of the industry um, it's always going to take a number of years for the rest of the industry to catch on um, I think you know we're getting there now but for the first couple of years we were you know so far ahead where other people were achieving I mean we were when we got awarded our certification as a complete build system by the Pascal Institute in Germany, we were the only system in the UK that had a complete system for Passive House. Um, I think there may be one other now, um, but that's only just happened in the last sort of four months. So for a long time, we were really leading the way in terms of a complete Passive House system. Um, so it's all, it has, I mean, obviously we have our challenges, um, but the more houses you deliver, um, the more test cases you do, and you know, the more examples you have out there, the better it is. But also, I think the industry is moving in that direction. So, with government's targets and with um, you know, sort of government and social providers looking to deliver a better quality home for their their tenants, I think the whole industry is now shifting in that direction. Yeah, and so that I'm assuming means that if someone's looking for either a certified passive house or a house of that sort of standard, you have essentially an off-the-shelf product that you can say, yep, here you go, this will provide you a passive house. Whereas if they go down uh, the route of an architect and, and, a, and a builder, they have to keep reiterating and checking that message all, all the way through the process, whereas yours is much more, it's almost guaranteed, isn't it? It is guaranteed. I mean, people do it other ways by using different components. You might use a, you know, a passive house wall component or a passive house floor component. Yeah. But yes, exactly. Ours guarantees, you know, we basically buy, provide the complete um, thermal, thermal envelope. So the whole structure is passive house and we'll guarantee we haven't had you know, any properties that haven't delivered to passive house standards and they've achieved all of our stringent testing. Um, so it's, e I mean, actually, it's very easy. I, I actually myself went on the training academy um, a couple of weeks ago because I hadn't had a chance yet and it was amazing I actually came you know after a week of going on this intensive course I actually felt I could come away and build a house next next week it is a very simple process um, nice. because you have the checks and balances in place you have the confidence that you know if something isn't quite right they know how to put it right it's very easy to put right and also someone's there behind you checking that you're doing it correctly before you get to the stage where you know the external cladding is going on and that you're getting more difficult to make the changes yeah very exciting stuff isabel i uh we have to wrap up um so just before we do finish um what uh what's the best way for people to find out more and get in touch okay so we have a number of routes um the website has a lot of information as you mentioned earlier so you can have a look on there it's um you just search for bt passive um and we also have a twitter or a number of twitter accounts actually but if you follow um at BT Passive, um, we're always very active on there, and you'll see that a number of the team are also posting regularly, um, so you can get lots of insights on the different projects we're doing. Um, and also, if you are want to get in contact um, with us, we also have you can use, drop us an email, and that's inquiries at btpassive.com. Where's the furthest uh, you away from London or the UK that you've built so far? So far, the furthest we've built is um, in the Highlands in Scotland. Um, we did quite, Scotland are very advanced actually on Passive House, so they've yeah. done a lot of Passive Houses. Um, so that's the furthest we've done so far, but we are in discussions with uh, people in Abu Dhabi and in France and other places around the world, as I mentioned. Awesome. So they put the challenge out there for people to pick it up and, uh, and run with it elsewhere. Exactly. Pick up one, make use of one of those 55 patents. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> 
Hey, thank you very much for your time, Isabel. Really appreciate it. No worries. Thank you. You have a great day. That was Isabel Beatty of BT Passive, and you can check out all the information about their system at btpassive.com or head on over to homestylegreen.com forward slash 144 where I'll leave all the information and the notes for this, this episode, and I'll put some links there as well. I love the idea of the building as a system, and that's exactly what this system, this BT Passive System does. It looks at that holistic view of the whole house. Love to hear your thoughts on that. What did you think? Would you like to build a house in that way? Um, or do a renovation, uh, do a retrofit, and upgrade your house using a system like that? Love to know what you think. You can contact me, Matthew, at homestylegreen.com. The other reason I'd love to hear from you is if you are setting out on the journey of creating a higher performance home, you're not, not going to settle for a code just a code compliance home. You want to go beyond that for health and uh, energy efficiency reasons, then um, get in touch because I'm helping a few people at the moment who are at that very early stage They've gone an architect or they've got a piece of land, they've got some ideas, but they just need some assistance and want some assurance on the details. And that's where I can help you out. And that's the sort of thing that I love to do, particularly on the early stage, whether it's Homestar, whether it's Passive House or some other system that you want to use or just some general advice and figuring out what's going to be the most cost benefit for you. You can get in touch, Matthew at homestylegreen.com uh, and it'd be great to... Uh, see if I can help out. That's it for this week's episode. Thank you very much for tuning in. Now go make a better place to live.